Hello and welcome back to the Stadio podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks, Musa. How are you? Very well. Wrapped up warm. So it's cold out. It is cold out. Stay warm. We hope everyone else is staying safe, staying well, wherever you are in the world. Today, we're going to talk about Wednesday's Champions League games. We did Tuesdays on a little show yesterday. So if you haven't checked that, go back and check that. I think that's it, right? That's it. That's it. Just going to do Champions League. We, unfortunately, right. we don't fall on Friday, so we can't talk about Europe's premier club competition, <laughs> <laughs> which is. Na, 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 na. <laughs> I'm going to try and watch the West Ham Freiburg game, though, because uh, that's basically like a shootout for the who goes through top. Mm. It's actually quite interesting, some of the Europa League. Group, group, interesting group C is pretty well. interesting. Yeah, it was similar actually in this um, Champions League, which we'll get to in a sec, but. Yeah, there wasn't a huge amount. But what there was was great. I will say that. I, I think that's a nice segue, Moose. Should we get into it after this? Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. We have to begin in Newcastle. I yes. Think, I think Let's we have do to. it. Group F. It's probably the most intriguing group. I mean, arguably of the week. And actually, do you know what? It proved it was exactly the group that we hoped it would be in terms of like, not necessarily the outcomes, but in terms of the drama. Mm. The moment that that draw was picked, we thought, actually, yeah, we really thought going out of the last day. You felt looking at it that it would be the toughest. Mm. And it produced, I think, the most intriguing selection of matches. It was mm. exactly what it promised. It's not often you get that in a Champions League. So Newcastle, um, going out of Europe altogether because they lost 2-1 to AC Milan. They did take the lead, though, with a they really, did. really good Joel Linton goal. Gorgeous goal. That first touch from Joel Linton that just kind of like... Teed it up, set it, oh, put it up in the air. I that love goals up. like that. Because, you know, sometimes in football when people look at bad controls and they're just a bit like, oh, you know, the ball's bouncing up. But actually, when, they've done, when it's done deliberately, because you're yeah. like, no, I want, this to, I want this to sit up for me to hit it. I thought his celebration was really bizarre. Yeah, because it was muted at first, wasn't it? And then it got intense. It was almost like, I'm the man, not get away me, get from me, but this is like, this is no big deal. And then he sprints over to Eddie Howe and he's like, it's a massive deal. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, it was kind of odd. Like, I'm like, because I, one, 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 yeah, amazing goal. One or the other, 
either the nonchalance or the extreme hype is but then I thought nah that's a bit that's wild they both but a great finish a great goal um, yeah they'd had a very close shape before that actually Newcastle uh, no um, Aceman hadn't they had a clearance yes. off the line yeah yeah so they were kind of it was a funny game this because for all of Newcastle's first half I suppose dominance oh, they, were, pressure, they were so good in the first half Newcastle they kind of Aceman kind of held it but I think if they conceded that early goal Mm. before Joe Linton scored. I think they can see the early, the early goal. I think it's a different story, but the resilience to hold out was, um, I think was quite marked because that let them keep them in the game. Mm. And as they kind of played their way back into it, uh, Aceman, and it was funny because we were in the chat actually talking about Raphael Leal and how he'd been a bit quiet and then he turned on the afterburner. It was like, hang on a minute, who's, who's sent this to Raphael? Yeah. <laughs> he started to realise that he needed to take control of the game a little bit. And I'm not sure if, right. he, if he entirely took control of the game, but he definitely, I mean, the, some of the positions he was dropping in deep, picking the mm. ball up, getting play started, he all of a sudden just seemed to be, I don't know, like but playing like someone who was playing with a younger age group in the playground. Yes. It looked a bit too easy for a while. And, and this is the thing about Raphael, where I'm just like, wow, man, like you... when. When you are on, when actually, the mood takes him, he's you are a problem, near unstoppable. You see what did to Napoli in the Champions League. Yeah, when he's on it, um, and I think it needed that. We saw um, Son Heung Min against Trippier in the Premier League. We saw what happens when you really go at that flank. Mm. He brought a lot of that. I mean, you know, the problem with the East Milan was, and they needed his help. They had such a busy inbox in that first half. They were really overrun. I actually thought Reinders was decent. I really enjoy watching him. I think it was funny. Weirdly enough, him going forward almost cost AC Milan because he got a bit confident dribbling to the box. And then I think once he gets caught with a turnover and it really was almost very, it was almost fatal for them. Um, but luckily, Mike Maynard came with this incredible stop. That save from, uh, was it Gimarish oh. or Joe Linton? I think it was... was- Gimarish. Gimarish, Gimarish. Wow, that save Onto is, the bar, right? That's an all-timer. Because he had to see it come around a crowd of people. And it's the kind of save that a lesser keeper gets a hand to, but it still goes in. Like the strength yeah. to palm it onto the bar was something else. But the combination of, I think, some good substitutions, bring on Noah Okafor, that was a great sub, which ended up being crucial. Fikayo Tomori was immense pretty much throughout. Hit the post, great clearance off the line, and just extremely assertive I thought he was gutsy as hell I, I think he's just so good and he's, he's been I don't know man I just love him I think he's been amazing since he's moved to Milan yeah like he's so calm like it's just totally. uh, you, you rarely ever see Fakaro Tamori get overrun get flustered like even when um, when when shit kicks off he's usually a bit just kind of like mm, what are you right. doing you know like that kind of energy I just I just I love him Absolutely. And for this environment, him. incredible. Like you consider how loud it was at points. Yeah. And Newcastle having so much to play for, you know, especially like a return to Europe for them. It was just to go into that environment and produce a performance like that. And like I said, like even hit the left, hit the post late on, um, mm-hmm. could have sealed it. In fact, actually, if there's a slight criticism of AC Milan, they could have taken care of business slightly earlier. Yeah. Liao had that really good chance he hit the post with. I don't think it was it's one of those weird ones where that was at 1-1, right? Yeah, it was, it was the, the, the breakaway, it was funny because he hits the post and you think to yourself, like it's not a howler as a miss. No. It's actually a really clever piece of deception for the keeper. But also, 
if Ace Milan go out, you're like, he should have scored it or some of those weird ones. But the eventual winner that came, listen, one of the most dangerous counterattackers in Europe, Samuel Chukwueze. <sighs> the whole move, just a shout out to Noah Okafor because the bravery to make the run that he makes at the start of the run, the start of the move, mm. he cuts between two tracking Newcastle players and it's just seeing that space and surging through the gap. Plays um, a one-two kind of with Jovic, just sort of an extended one-two with Jovic, who was useful, I thought. Plays it into the corner as the corner of the inside right for Chikwesa, who comes onto it and just hits that sweet, sweet curling strike. It almost belonged, to be honest with you, this goal belonged in the knockout stages. That's how good it was. Yeah, it did. Quarterfinal, second leg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jovic is making a bit of a habit of just coming on and having decent substitute appearances. I like that for him, actually. It kind of works. I mean, it's a sh- we, we've talked about him before, like how curious his career has been. Yeah. Especially after that season at Eintracht or the two seasons at Eintracht where that, that front three just ran absolute havoc on everyone. Mm, exactly, yeah, yeah. One of a selection of attackers who provides them with a different option, actually. You know, kind of, it's a bit reductive, but a kind of, he doesn't link the play quite as well as Giroud. I mean, who does? But I mean, Giroud's layoff for the Pulisic goal was... Nice, eh? Yeah. Really good. Just, uh, yeah, really good. Sorry, I interrupted they, They've got good options, actually. You look at Milan all of a sudden, yeah. they've got some good pieces. You bring Okafor off the bench, Chukwueze, and Jovic in the mix as rotation. That's, mm. that's useful. I was going to say, it's a shame that uh, Rebic left to, for Besiktas. Yeah, uh, he yeah. Could have, uh, could have had that could have brought the gone after gone after Kostic as well and just had like the old bring front the band three bring them all yeah. bring them all on a substitute so they're just like you know let's go yeah <laughs> <laughs> no that would have been really cool they're really cool and but Ray Butch, I think it was just um just got a bit knackered with the injuries by the end yeah, yeah. it's a shame they didn't unite though because I mm. think Milan the better home for them Madrid it would have been fun much. good win for Milan which meant that they went into the Europa League. And it made for a really good game because both it, both teams needed to win. Yes. The thing that made me a bit sad about the this though is that I know that a lot of the groups were kind of done by match day six, right? We know right. that. But this is the reason why the Champions League is so good in its current format. Well, not so good, but like better than what is going to come next year. And this was right. the last year that we're going to get these groups. Right. right? Absolutely. So I actually thought about this a little bit because I realized I don't have a problem if only one or two groups end up like this because actually I prefer watching two games right where the stakes are really really high than it happening in five or six okay right do you know what I mean because it gets you, it feels like I can't concentrate enough on all of them at the same time you have to get a bit minority report on it right like <laughs> to be honest with you that, that's actually relevant to my interests I do like that kind of cerebral yeah that's, that's just me yeah but no, 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 but it's, joke, it's great for goal show but I re- like for example I really really enjoyed last night you. having yeah. The Newcastle game on my laptop and the the Dortmund PSG game on the TV and just and just actually being able to watch both, right? You know that was like really really fun. Like even I had to watch games back. I I had to watch back a couple after watching them because mm. you don't catch everything when you've got the kind of conference skipping between goal highlights. You don't really get a sense of the flow of the game is the real problem mm. because those. I, I love that. I love that sort of option you can have in the zone where it flips between different games. The only problem I would say is it doesn't give you a sense of dominance without chances. Mm. So you can have a team having these incredible passages of play where they're not really creating much, but it feels like the goal is coming. 
Mm. Um, that's my one sort of critique of watching the game that way. So I, I share your view on it. But it was just, I don't know, last night felt very old school as well, especially like ties like Dortmund PSG, which are just kind yeah. of inherently tasty. I mean, and should also, we talk about this? Let's talk about this. Yeah, so um, Dortmund won, PSG won. So PSG going through into the, Europe, into the Champions League, sorry. Second in the group? Yeah, second in the group. And interesting because PSG, it's the younger players that are making me most excited. Um, we've talked about um, Zaya Emery, but also Barkala hitting the post with a glorious effort. Um, and Kalamuani is not ruthless in front of goal at this point, but some of his movements outstanding. The way he's eluding players is really, really promising. Mm. But just the general cohesion of PSG, you're watching them and thinking, I can see, even with your absentees through injury, what you're trying to build here. Um, I thought it was a good game. A really yeah, good game, actually. Likewise. And uh, it, both sides had chances early on. Mm. PSG just can't finish. This yeah, I mean, Mar- Marius Wolf had one as well, which uh, should have, he should have put away. And then uh, a couple of chances up the other end. Mbappe had one. Um, who else oh, had the, one? the clearance by Sula off the oh, line. Nicolas Sula's clearance was unbelievable. That's because, an all-timer. Um, the commentary were basically like, Oh, Mbappe just does stuff like this and we're waiting for it to go in and then all of a sudden Zula does this last ditch dive but not only just does he get his foot in front of it he does this deliberate action to try and hook it over the bar almost it's like, like Gordon he's aware Bank save against Pele when yeah, he yeah. Like, bat on the bounce yeah. on the up it's almost like he's aware that even getting a foot to it might not be enough yeah. so he has to really work it away it's, it's unbelievable. so good honestly it's one of the best it's one of the best like clearances I've seen well, Let's Mbappe, the, the best this thing season, is... season, but I can't remember all the look, look, The look of um, shock on Mbappe's face. Where he's like, First thing he does is he looks to the, the assistant and he wants the flag to go up. He feels Mbappe like Mbappe does this. Mbappe does this all the time, right? Whenever, there's, whenever something's happened, he looks around for help. He did it after uh, Jan Sommer saved the penalty in the Euros. He does this thing where he just kind of looks around as if to be like, is anyone going to check if he was off his line? Or is anyone... Is, <laughs> And he did it like he did it last night, where he 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 straight away he just looked at the assistant referee and he was just like, "Is anyone going to flag me offside or what?" <laughs> Help me! This isn't fair. This isn't right. Yeah, but he did get given offside just later in the game. Oh, that gorgeous um, finish, which I thought might end up being the winner. He did some really great stuff in the build-up, actually, Mbappe in this game. Really, mm. really great. Combining well with his players, this is again the thing with PSG. If they just sort out their finishing their trouble. And I think some of that, and this is going to sound really patronising, I think some of that is actually just youth, to be honest. Mm. Because some of these finishes, they're rushing them. And I think it's, it's not just youth, it's also playing in a settled 11 where you know exactly what looks your teammates are going to create for you. Yeah. They had, an eight, they had 18 shots, six on target, four big chances, and uh, an XG of 2.86 in this right, game. There it is. PSG. Exactly. But it was Dormund who took the lead. Karimadi Amy, after a lovely layoff from Nicholas Fulkrug. And the senior players actually for PSG, funnily enough, Hakimi and Marquinhos letting them down mm. in possession, uh, which seeded the ball to, to Dortmund. But yeah, nice finish from Adeyemi and Dortmund taking the lead. Yeah, and there was only five minutes, five, five minutes later that Zaire Emery got, got the goal back. It's and deflected strike, wasn't it, after very good work by Mbappe. Yeah, but he, sorry to say this kid, yeah. but how is this kid 17? Ridiculous. He plays wise. He like took the ball under years. pressure near his own box mm. and he cut between two men at a point in the second half, I think. And you just think, 
you're doing that there? Like that's an elite move. And it's like, it's the kind of move that like, you know, Modric pulls off. Mm. It's an elite ball carrying move to play well out of trouble and then starts a counter. And you're just thinking the awareness even to do that. Most players go back. Most players get the ball in that position and just play it back to mm. a centre back. And that's absolutely fine. And that's 99% of players do that. And that's a great choice. But he makes the brave choices that push the mm. game forward with an awareness that he should not have. He has no right to have before the age of 20. Yeah, I yep. mean, a very he, special he, one. he was yeah. amazing. He's going to be... Yeah, immense. Yeah, absolutely immense. And then, um, yeah, then they had the, the Mbappe goal that was given offside. Um, it was rightly so given offside, thanks mm. to the, the semi-automated offside. And that was... Kind of it. Yeah, there were a couple of chances afterwards. I think that both sides knew the, knew the, the deal by now. Especially when Milan took the lead, I think word filtered down and they were just a bit like, this is fine. Yeah. PSG, I don't think really felt like they needed to finish top because I don't, I don't think it really matters too much mm. for them. Not the worst tournament for PSG to be in, to be honest. No, and I think that, I think it's interesting if you look at the teams that have qualified, maybe we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I just want to big up Dortmund because they're forming the Bundesliga and obviously going out of the cup as well. It's not been amazing. There have been really good moments this season, but there have also been some poor moments and we've we talked about this numerous times. But their form in Europe, especially after their first two match days, they really grew into the group stage. And I've been really impressed with Dortmund. They're especially Likewise, the two the games league, yeah. the two yeah. in the Champions League. The two games against Newcastle, they were just really mature, grown-up performances and something right. that in a, in a very highly charged environment, you know, like we've mentioned, Newcastle coming back into the Champions League, all the stuff that's going on around the club and like them being on an upward trajectory and Dortmund just very calmly shut it down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Away and at home. Yep. And then I think going to, that led on to the Milan game away at San Siro and then I just think they've been really good. And in, those in, are probably games where prior to them, Eddie Howe might have thought we could get four points from this. Yeah. Three at home and one away. Very, mm. very possibly. I really thought, mm. yeah, I, th- I thought Dortmund actually outperformed, to be honest. Like, I mean, if you think I- they've got, they finished top of a group that had two, two clubs owned by nation states. Right. You know, and the other one was Milan who went to this, what, the semifinals last year. Right, so had the pedigree or the recent... That is a tough group. I mean, everyone talked about this when, when, you know, from a very English perspective, when Newcastle got drawn in that group, everyone was just like, oh my God, it's the group of death. And like, what a, what a, what a group. Like, oh God, wow. And I think a lot of people thought Dortmund would finish bottom. Bottom out, group. bottom out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially in England. Right. And I think the Champions League is actually an interesting one because this season, because, you know, two, two English clubs finishing bottom of their groups and going out of Europe entirely. It's not a great look for the Premier League, actually. No, it's a huge deal. Now, I knew Newcastle maybe, well, both sides, actually, Manchester United and Newcastle have had, like, a lot of injuries and haven't been able to field full, uh, full-strength sides. But with the difference in wealth compared to a lot of the rest of, the, uh, the rest of Europe, and this is way, maybe where Newcastle, they're up against PSG, who are obviously... Newcastle PSG. might argue they haven't had the multiple years of investment that allow you to have a, a squad of that depth. Mm. And that, I think that's a fair, if they're making that point, I think there's a, it's a fair, it's a fairer point than United criticizing, complaining about it because mm. United have got multiple years of deep investment and of the type of player, the caliber of player that comes because of Champions League football, although that's not so much a problem United mm. over time, uh, in the next few months anyway. Um, 
But all of that said, Newcastle will have exceptional resources, well, limitless resources. So for Dortmund to come through like they did, I thought was really, really impressive. Mm. And also it's like, look, to get resources, James's Park, St. James's Park was loud as hell um, on that last day. So mm. yeah, respect to them and respect to, I think both teams for making it a spectacle as it was. Mm. And it felt like a really old school European tie actually. Mm. It felt like this sort of mid nineties actually is the best comment yeah. I can give. Yeah. What do you think of uh, AC Milan's kit? Do you know what? It really grew on me. <laughs> when I first saw it, classic thing, classic thing. Oh, I don't like it. And I, as the game went on, I was like, yeah, because you know, you're expecting like the Milan kit, the red and black against, and I thought, yeah. actually, they look really good in it. It's a good vibe. It's a nice cut. And it's just a pretty cool. And also like on the break, it looks epic. It looks really, really cool. It did, it did look good on the break. Yeah. A good kit for transition. It looks like a bunch of, um, because of like the colours of the kit, you know, like when you're like flying, you've like caught the, caught the red eye flight yeah. and you see the sunrise on the plane. It's like, oh, they look like that. They're like that. It's like a sunrise. Especially you should like, write. You should write. <laughs> <laughs> no one will pay this old codger for anything. <laughs> should we take a break and then let's do some other groups? Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Group E, Atleti beating Lazio 2-0. This was basically whoever won went top of this group and went through. 
Griezmann opened the scoring after six minutes, and then Lino with a second just after half time is enough for Atleti. They also had a goal ruled out for offside. Mario Homoso. Can I just say Griezmann has just been on an unbelievable run. He's he's, he's been he's so good this year. Ever since ever since his World Best Cup. Player in La Liga apart from Bellingham. Oh yeah, like Griezmann. Ever since, like the well, the world since the start of the World Cup has just been on one. Mm. Like he was spectacular there, and he's he just loves being. He's so busy. He, he must be the world's busiest footballer. Like he's even busier than Bernardo Silva. <laughs> you know, did it? Who reminds you? Griezmann reminds you. So I went to watch a movie um, a few months ago. Uh, quite good, actually. The Triangle of Sadness, and it's like these local picture houses in Berlin. And you go there, and you buy your popcorn off the guy. Um, oh, thank you. Then you go get your ticket office, and it's the same guy at the ticket office. Oh, <laughs> then you go to watch the movie, and it's the same guy turning on the movie, oh. and that's Spacey Griezmann. And I bet at the end he tidies everything up. I bet he's like the kind of handyman that ties and fixes things up. That's so cute. And he's just the ultimate. He's the ultimate footballing handyman. Griezmann will go. He's the kind of. It's, you know, there's, there's certain players I've mentioned him before because I think he deserves his props. There's certain players where, you know, Pep will say to Gundogan at the start of the season, oh, by the way, um, Ilkay, you're only going to score two goals this season. You're not going to cross the halfway line. Okay, Pep. Okay, uh, Antoine, you're not going to score a goal for the next 15 games. You're going to play left back. Okay. Okay, Diego. Okay, Cholo. Like, and that's it. And I, I love this. And I love that he scored a goal because it just gives him a bit of a spotlight. And also it's a lovely finish, right-footed finish. Yeah, Griezmann, the ultimate footballing handyman. Multiple jobs. He's, he's just so great. Good. Yeah, he's great. Love him. I just love the style, the technique, everything. Uh, I, wanna, I want him win. to go to Everton so that when Griezmann scores a goal and he just does a normal celebration, Sean Dyche can be like, do you see what Antoine did? Just scored a goal. He's really authentic. And this silly dancing, holding an L up there and all this <laughs> kind of stuff. Get Sean Dyche to, or Sean Dyche to Atleti. Do you know what makes me quite it. sad about that? About that, the fact that probably not going to happen, Griezmann to Everton. Griezmann is just the kind of huge signing who don't would catalyse Everton. No, but you think about like Everton. Do you not, do you not just to let Everton fans don't dream do for a bit. This, Musa, what but, are you doing? Because let, let them dream. You know how there's like... Oh, they had it. They had it with Hammers. They had it with Hammers Rodriguez. But Griezmann, he's perfect for Everton. He's not, Musa. He is, though. Like, he I is. love you, but he's not. He's not he perfect is. for... No, he's not. He could, he could play, he, he slot in tomorrow. Yeah, but that's like saying Bellingham is perfect for Everton. Actually, that's a great, that's a great shout. Oh. <laughs> no, my point being... Do you know like what I mean? A, like, I, like, I know what you mean, but no, stop this. A late career move to a club like Everton. It's a catalyst. Just two years, two years of Griezmann. Think about it. Go on, Everton fans. There's a dream for you. I mean... You just want me to give people hope. No, I don't. No, I just don't want you to. I don't want people. I don't want to give people false hope. There's a difference. <laughs> hope <laughs> is fine. Mean false hope for the sake of hashtag content with an asterisk in there because I hate listen, that word. Listen. Bad, bad Musa, bad Musa. I won't go bad Musa. Listen, Ryan, I'm a poet. I made, I paid my bills off false hope for years. <laughs> <Fuck it up. laughs> anyway, but uh, yes. Joking I mean, aside. do you know what? If Carlo Ancelotti goes back to Everton. See, that, that's unpopular. See, why? me saying, me Griezmann to Everton. Oh, wow. But I don't, I think, I think eventually, I, I think Carlo loved it there. He just, he only, he only left Real Madrid. Is it not He's like, still there. It's a bit bridge burning there, isn't it? I don't want to do this. I just told you off for false hope. I'm going to go there. There he is. A couple of years, 
Deitch leaves Everton. Carlo Ancelotti comes back. He signs a 34-year-old Antoine Griezmann for two years. Brings a couple of other players in. They'll probably be available for cheap as well because Everton won't have a lot of money to spend. They're in the new stadium and Carlo takes them to the Champions League. There you see, look. Fuck yeah. Just minutes Fuck earlier. Yes. Minutes <laughs> earlier, I'm getting cooked. Ah, oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up, Musa. You shut up. You shut up. No, you shut up. <laughs> I'm do okay, my look. own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Riga really win this for Atleti over yeah. Lazio. Um, who were slightly disappointing, I would say. Other game, um, just very quickly, Celtic beating Feyenoord late. And that was a, that's a huge deal. You can see from the celebrations, actually, what a big deal it was for Celtic to win mm. that because they've had some really, really poor results. And I think the last couple of years in particular, mm. Celtic have played some great, obviously under Ange last year. Celtic's results haven't always reflected some of the beauty of the football they've played. So I'm glad they got something from this. Very, very late winner in injury time. Mm. They, were, they were good value for it. And let's go to Group H because there was a wild game in Antwerp. Royal mm. Antwerp 3, Barcelona 2. Uh, Royal Antwerp taking the lead very early on after two minutes from Vermeeren. Ferran Torres equalised for Barcelona 10 minutes before halftime. Lamine Yamal with the assist here. Oh, oh that is like, wow. that, looked like, that looked like Pete David Silva. It was so good. That is awesome. Barcelona weren't very good. I know there's a lot of rotation here, but still they were just loads of errors. Like the Romeo error for the first goal I'm not Kunde sure if it's Pen- maybe in his mitigation you know yeah Pena shouldn't Pena's have given pass in the ball was a bad Pena ball, but should not have given in the ball but, no. but still also just get rid yeah exactly <laughs> it's the Catalan for get rid right um, he should have ripped into the stands yeah that should have gone Vincent Janssen restoring Royal Antwerp's lead 10 minutes after half time and then and we can chuckle at this because Barcelona finished top of the group and it's fine right and they were already through but just an objectively funny three minutes of football at the end of this yes. game. Yes, yes, yeah. Like, take us away, Mr. Ogonga. So, Hugh scores um, to equalise. Really beautifully frighted free kick from Gundogan. And at that point, it's 2-all. Good header as well. Yeah, it's 2-all. Uh, lovely header at the near post for Barcelona. It's 2-all. But then, defensive mix-up allows in Eleni Kena in injury time. Goes through, strokes the bottom corner. And Antwerp just go absolutely wild. Because this is... This is, bear in mind, a team that won the Belgian League with effectively the last kick of the last season. So for them to be enjoying a win against Barcelona is just, it's all a bonus. Like Everything they do in this tournament is a bonus. I mean, they'd uh, lost all five games before this in the group. Right, so to get a win, yeah. to go yeah. away for a win, but yeah, it's just, it's unreal. It's unreal, really. It was amazing. Absolute scenes. And there was also, like, if there were any Antwerp um, fans that listened close to this podcast, Please enlighten me about the outfit this guy was wearing because he looked a bit like that. You know, the, the bee in The Simpsons, the Spanish dude that's dressed as the bee. They Who are we like talking that. about? The, the Antwerp fans. Oh. There's an, there's, he was dressed either like a bee or some kind of rabbit or something. I'm not sure what it was. Or a strong man. A bee, like well, a wrestler. A bee and a rabbit are very different things, Musa. But this is the, the fan that watched, they'll know what I mean. Like <laughs> he turned to the camera like three different times and like he looked like he was wearing three different outfits. But yeah. But it was that kind of game. It was that kind of game. I think he signed up the chaos of the match itself. It was chaos. Uh, do you know what was also chaos? Was Porto's win over Shakhtar, 5-3. My favourite thing on this was, uh, a com- I can't remember who was commentating, but they, they described Pepe as a threat in both boxes, which I took oh, as a little God. bit, which I took as a bit of a, bit of a dig, actually. 
So that's a word for the gravestone. He was a threat in both. A threat in both boxes and now a threat in this one. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pepe, what a legend. What a legend. Um, th- funny about the scoreline is, first of all, rare that Shakhtar get handled like this. Mm. And it was not as close as the scoreline suggests at all. Porto just basically had, they took what they wanted throughout yeah. this game. Yeah. Really very, impressive, very actually. Really impressive. Even a goal for the manager's son. Yeah, popping up. And he pointed to his name. He did remember the name, as if we could forget. Oh, it's one of the best known surnames in the city. I mean, the guy's got like, apparently he's got like five sons, Sergio Conceição. So like Conceição is like, it's literally a name you see everywhere multiple times. Like we don't need to be reminded of that, but still I like, I no. like the gesture. Yeah, I, like I do. Shakhtar 3 to the Europa League though, which I think is still an unbelievable achievement. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to see Porto in the knockout stage because I think they're going to, I think they're going to give someone a bloody nose. Really, yeah, truly, yeah. Memories of eliminating Juventus are still fresh, very fresh. They're just good for an upset, aren't they? Absolutely. Let's do the final group, Group G, Manchester City. It was all kind of pretty much wrapped up. Man City uh, winning 3-2 in Belgrade against Gravina Svezda. Uh, heavily rotated side. Um, young Micah Hamilton opened the scoring. His post-match interview was so cute. Oh, I didn't he see He was it. just so happy. He was just like, oh yeah, I couldn't believe it. And I got told yesterday in, tra- like, in training, before we played the match in training that was starting, I was just like, what? Like, I couldn't believe it. Oh, the whole experience was just amazing. Like, I loved it. It was just so, so wholesome. So cool. They showed footage of Pep giving him instructions when he was a ball boy mm. at a City game. And now he's obviously playing, he's 20 years old, scored a great goal. You watch Pep for like six, seven years and then... And then you're playing. Yeah, unreal. And I thought he was really good. I mean, he... Um, he really made sure that they got that penalty. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, so, so yeah, what, really? Like, it was a penalty. I know it was a bit dramatic, but so what? Calvin Phillips, that was his first Man City goal, right? It's wild, really. Yeah. yeah. Goodness. Good that they gave him the penalty. I quite like that. I know it, I know it pisses off some hashtag proper football men, but I, I, I like it. But it's like with Kai Harvitz, you need yeah. someone, to, you need to get on the score sheet, you need to get some confidence and get moving. And- yeah. Uh, and also in between those two goals, Oscar Bob with, that was, the, that was the goal of the game, I think. Just the way he cut this way and that, mm. it was, that's a hell of a left guy's got on him. I know I mentioned it a lot, but Roberto Baggio vibes in terms yeah. of the dribbling. Yeah, really liked it. Leipzig, meanwhile, beat Young Boys 2-1 in Leipzig. So the, the, that group is basically as it was before the, before the day. Yeah. City go through top. Leipzig second, Young Boys into Europa League, Kavina Svesta out of Europe. So the Champions League knockout stages are set. Bayern Munich, FC Copenhagen, Arsenal, PSV, Real Madrid, Napoli, Real Sociedad, Inter, Atleti, Lazio, Dortmund, PSG, Man City, Leipzig, Barcelona, Porto. Do you know what's sad to me about this? Go on. Those are some really, there's the potential for some fantastic ties in there. And the ties are going to be really lovely. And then we're going to be like, why are we changing this? Why are we changing this format? That's my feels about it. Yeah. I was looking at who finished second. I was like, so Arsenal can play Copenhagen, Napoli, Inter, Lazio, PSG, Leipzig. Those are horrible. Those are, all hor- those are horrible. <laughs> what the heck? They're horrible. All of them yeah, are horrible. They're all horrible. <laughs> really? This is, this is Arsenal's reward. <laughs> um, but yeah um, I mean do you want to talk about the Champions League reforms I know we talked about it a little bit before but no no do you know, I don't, I don't, do you know why should we save it for the end of the season 
Well, also because this is just joyful. Like we've got, we've had all these really intriguing ties, exciting ties. Mm. And I think that just drags us down a bit. Like we'll talk about it when we get to it. Yes. This is, you know, I, I just, we just want to enjoy this for now, you know? I agree. It's like when you've got the weather forecast for this week and the week after. And this week it's like, oh, it's going to be like so and so. And the week after it's going to be just dreary as hell. You're like, actually, we just sit in the moment and just like look back on a series of really great ties. You look at these groups and they absolutely delivered, didn't they? I've got to say. Yeah, some of them were good, man. I think that with Champions League stuff or any group stage or tournament that has a group stage, you're going to get a spread of teams and sometimes some groups are just going to be pretty dry. Mm. But even the, the drier ones, like, there were moments in them. You know, Leipzig's, you know, Leipzig going 2 up against City, for example, was really interesting. And I mean, that group was, I think the, the gap in wealth was so big between yes, the yes. top two. And you, you clearly knew Leipzig and, that and played City out were going to exactly go through. As, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know what? City winning all six. But if you look at Manchester United's group, for example. Yeah. Or you look at the Dortmund group. I mean, the Arsenal group kind of had Europa League energy. It did. Including Arsenal, by the way. That's not throwing, <laughs> like, you know, very much a Europa League, yeah. a recent Europa League side that is in the Champions League now. But I've got to say the 6-0, that showed us something. That showed me something. Yeah, definitely. Especially after thought, being being wow. kind of um, on the end of a, of a defeat in Lons. Mm. I think the most disappointing one for me was probably Group C because I, I know Union have struggled this year, but I just think if they play, if they play their Champions League games at the Alta Fusteri, Oh yeah, I think it's a different thing, and I right. know that they, you know, they they obviously maximise the commercial and revenue from that, and all good. But it was like Arsenal playing at Wembley, wasn't it? When Arsenal played at Wembley, yeah. it gave the opposition. Well, an I mean, advantage. but they, they're used to it though because they did it in Europa League, um, mm. so they should be used to that by now. But I just meant that I really expected Union to maybe ruffle some feathers in that group. And, and yeah, you know, they well, very so, so nearly did. They, did so you know, they, they nearly they nearly took a point at the Bernabeu in the first game. And that was the one, that was the crucial that thing, I think. I think a point there, Yeah, that's your big what if. If yep. they get a point there, what are the implications for their season? Because they actually started the Bundesliga, like, kind of okay. Well, they, they, they what, they scored eight goals in the first two games, I think. This is the thing. If they got that draw at the Bernabeu, then I think it, because the thing about Union was each point at their ascent, they've leapt forward. Mm. And this was the first time they displayed something a little bit like sort of altitude sickness, mm. where the teams with more resources, but also sort of slightly cuter, more experience, more resilience at this level, that mm. really, and it, those, those margins actually in those individual games weren't that big. Mm. Ironically, the margins in the Champions League were smaller than the margins in the Bundesliga. But those, the margins in the, Bund the, margins in the Champions League are just, they're earned over multiple years mm. so you look at like Real Madrid winning all those late late games in the Champions League it can be like oh yes but to come back like that mm. takes 10 years of understanding yeah it's muscle memory it becomes automatic in a sense right and understanding when there's opportunity and you mm. don't see that opportunity if you've been playing Champions League for like this season yeah and the other great story for me I think is Real Sociedad Yes. Uh, along with Copenhagen. Copenhagen going through, obviously, for the second time in their history. But I think Real Sociedad finishing top of that group. Playing some gorgeous football as undefeated, well. Undefeated. Just amazing. Absolutely, Absolutely amazing. Love it. love it for them. I reckon we leave it there, huh? Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're yeah. good. Three stadios this week. Good times, good work. And you're still working tomorrow. Hard luck, everyone.
<laughs> and you're in Wrighty's house tomorrow. Yeah. A uh, quick reminder, by the way, we're going to record um, the Christmas episodes very early next week. So we'll send another reminder out on Monday. But if there's anything, if you want to get your submissions in for football things to be grateful for this year, mm. make sure you send them to hello at stadio.football. Uh, we'll try and read as many out as we can. Uh, thanks to everyone who sent them in already. Um, don't be afraid to, you know, make it very personal. It doesn't have to be about a big, a, you know, a Premier League side. It can be something local. Anything football related that you feel like you're grateful for this year. We got some lovely ones last year. Yeah, and, we did. Uh, we've already got some lovely ones this year. And a reminder, that will go out on Christmas Day and then the stadios will go out on, I think, the 28th of December. So, yeah. Other than that, don't forget to check Wrighty's House and Counterpressed and all the other good stuff on The Ringer. And uh, don't forget to check the Stadio Outros plays on Spotify. Speaking of which, you might have heard this one playing in the background coming up. We thought that because Newcastle, Milan, Dortmund, PSG was a banger of a group, we thought it would have to play out on this absolute banger. Haha, <laughs> there it is. It's been a while since I think we played out on a, like, a... Like yeah, a, it's like true. A, like a, Undeniable. a bit of a heavy yeah. acid tune. That's anyway, right. it's it's off the new JTC album, and uh, the tune is called Intra Acid, and the album itself is called Intra Acti. It's out on Bopside, B O P S I D E, and I would recommend going to their Bandcamp, Bopside.bandcamp.com, and uh, checking out all of the music from uh, Tad Mullenix and all these multiple aliases on there. Well worth doing for uh, anyone who likes electronic music. So we're gonna we're gonna leave you with this banger. Absolutely fitting. Is there anything you'd like to add, Musogwanga? Listen, how can you follow that, man? Listen, a banger to end the group stages. Oh, you should drop a banger over the banger. <laughs> Come on. I wish. No, no. Can't, do it. Can't. Do, it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. No, I'm not doing it. Oh. Can't follow that. <laughs> fine. 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 All right, everyone. Have a lovely weekend. Much love. We'll be back with you on Monday. See you then.
This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side by side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 